The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. Your host, Tara Kennedy Klein, is out to dispel that myth of the perfect child and encourage parents to let them out of the box. Each child is unique, and this show is just the place to stand up and shout out that fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. So right now, join the queen of accountability who advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. Here is your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. I'm your host, Tara Kennedy Klein, and I am so excited to be back home in Pennsylvania. We had a, we had a remote show last week, which was kind of cool. We were in California, and I was kind of coming to you from my hotel room. But, you know, it's it, there's just something about being home, you know, in, in a place that's familiar and that you really know well and you feel calm and confident. I can honestly tell you that I didn't feel like I was totally on my, my best game last week thank goodness my guest was so amazing and you know just kept everything kept me grounded um but there's just something about home that that makes you feel really comfortable and centered and i hope that um for all of you that are listening i hope that you have some kind of a a place or a practice or some kind of a meditation or some kind of a grounding process that you're able to do when you're home when things get a little bit crazy in your life that you can just kind of get yourself calm and get yourself centered and back to a place of, of normalcy and not so reactive. And I felt like I was last week, I felt like my nerves were tingly. Like I was reacting to everything around me. And I think it's because I didn't feel really centered. I didn't feel really grounded where I was. So one of the things that I like to recommend that parents do is to come up with a practice. And some, you know, before I got into this whole law of attraction thing and the whole coaching thing, I thought that meditation and grounding practices and stuff like that, um, you know, I thought grounding was something that you did to your kids. And I thought meditation was foo foo. You know, that was for like the Dalai Lama and, and those kind of people. But what I found was being an adult with ADD, um, it really helped me to relax and respond to situations instead of reacting to them. And what I found, you know, I'm, I'm a people watcher and I am a big observer of the dynamics between parents and children when I'm out and about. I love to see how parents and children react in other parts of the country, in other parts of the world. I, I find it very, very interesting. I found Europe to be amazing with parent-children relationships. I, I really did. I have to be honest with you. But when, I, when I'm watching how parents interact with their kids, I always try to think of, like, how could they – what is something that they could put into practice that would make them – a little bit better at their job because I think that we make parenting too hard. And so when I, when I watch other people, I can see a lot of what I used to do before I found these calming practices. And these can be things that take two seconds, literally like, you know, you're standing in the store and your kid's throwing a temper tantrum and you're about to flip out on them. But 
you know, honestly, that's not good for your kid. It's not good for you. And it's not good for anybody around you because nobody wants to see you doing it, to be quite honest with you. So if you can find something, a happy thought, a happy place to go to, a mantra, uh, something that you can say to yourself, something as simple as, you know, my, my son, when he was seven year old, seven years old, he has Asperger's syndrome. He had reactivity problems. He started saying to himself, I stop and breathe before I react. Seven years old. If a seven-year-old can do it, certainly a, a, an adult can do it before they react with their child. So find something, you know, go out and get the book, Stop Raising Einstein, whatever you want to do. It teaches you how to do it in there. Find something that's going to help you to react, respond in the moment to calm yourself so that you're not reacting to your kids in a negative way. And you know what? It's going to change the dynamic of how you raise your kids. I'm just, I'm telling you, it, it will. Calming yourself first. So before I um, get into this conversation with my guest, I want to tell you a little bit about him because we're celebrating Dad Day all month long because I think dads are just amazing and we don't give them enough credit. So we have another amazing dad guest today. His name is Patrick McMillan, and he left home when he was 15 years old. And we're finding a lot more of that today, um, you know, just with, with the way life is going and the way the world is, is treating families. We're finding a lot of more kids that are... Um, going out and trying to do it on their own at a much younger age. And Patrick was one of those kids. He left home when he was 15 years old because the bullying in his life has, had gotten so bad. And I think it's important that you know that the bullying wasn't coming from school. It wasn't coming from a sports team. It wasn't coming from a coach. It was coming from his dad. So at 15, he went out on his own and just wanted to try to figure out how to be happy. And, uh, believed that he could never be a dad because he believed that he was going to repeat that cycle with his own kids. And I don't think we give that enough credit, folks. I really want you to listen to what Patrick has to say today because we look, we look to outside sources to blame for what's wrong with our kids. And so often the, the source of the bullying, the source of the anxiety, the source of the stress, is it coming from teachers? It's not coming from sports teams. It's not coming from friends. It's coming from our home. We stress our kids out. We bully our kids to make them do the things that we want them to do. We push them to be what we dream them to be, and we want them to live up to our dreams. We really need to just find more happiness in parenting and in life. So when I saw Patrick's bio and what he had done, he wrote a book called um, The Science of Happiness. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry, an exercise in happiness for kids. Um, he created this whole concept of the science of happiness. It's so in alignment with Stop Raising Einstein, I can't even tell you. Um, but, you know, maybe he's like my Canadian doppelganger <laughs> in a male body. So without further ado, I'm so excited to welcome you, Patrick McMillan, to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, Tara, thank you so much for having me. I'm Absolutely. just totally honored to, to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, when I read through the book, I was like, holy crap, this guy and I share a brain. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, you know, and I've listened to uh, several of your shows and, and I, I feel the same way. Wow. That's awesome. And you are, you're, you're Canadian, right? I am. Yeah, I'm from Ontario, Canada, born and raised. I came to the United States. I've been here now 22 years. 
Wow. And that, that in itself is, is, is part of the story, uh, which is kind of interesting. Why I've remained here anyway. I love your story. So it started when you were a little boy and just the fact that you were, that you felt so bullied in your own home breaks my heart. So tell us what, what happened? Like, how did that all go down for you? Well, you know what? It, 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 um, I was always, well, from what I've been told, I was always thought of as a real happy kid. Um, and it was one of those situations that, and you even alluded to it in, in, uh, in your opening, that the things that go on behind closed doors, behind the, the, the walls of the of family home, uh, go so unnoticed uh, when, especially when, you know, when we see kids out and about with uh, with our own kids, we really don't know what's going on behind those closed doors. And for me, um, it, it was it, it was so much more than just you know physical uh, physical bullying. There was. Uh, there was no emotional connection to my father at all, like zero emotional connection. Um, and, and one of the stories that really sticks out in my head, you know, your self-esteem is so important when you're a kid, obviously, and, and it's so fragile. Um, one of the, I had an older brother who, yeah, he was an older brother bully, but that, that you know, that's neither here nor there. It was really more uh, about my dad. And one of the things that really sticks, <laughs> and that was kind of a pun, is that when I was when I was born, I was kind of born with this little deformity in my ears, and that my ears stuck out. Um, and I was all I know, right? And I was. All, I think that's cute. <laughs> well, <laughs> and it was when I was a teeny little guy. But then, you know, then you start going and going to school and swimming lessons, and along come the Dumbo teasing and all that stuff. So. I was teased about that as a kid, you know, just on the outside. But at home, what happened was, and this is something that really took a lot of work uh, to, to get over, uh, was that through one day, I was, uh, my dad called me upstairs into the kitchen. And he, I don't know what kind of mood he was in, whether he was around my brother or what, but he, uh, he called me up and he said, Patrick, he said, uh, and he was holding up this, this radio, you know, we had this radio, uh, kind of like a plug-in transistor, big transistor radio kind of thing. And he said, is this your, does this belong to you? And, and I was kind of like dumbfounded. I'm, no, it's not mine. He says, well, your name is right here on it. It must be yours. And he was pointing to the little uh, spot where you plug in the headphones, and right up above it, it said, ear. That's all it said. It was just that ear with a, like, for earphones. And from that point on, between him and my dad, my, my nickname became ear. And it was so hurt. I was about 12 at the time. And it was something that I, had become, I was so incredibly self-conscious about to begin with. Uh, that my dad did this and he was laughing and oh my god it was just brutal um, so needless to say I mean three years later when I turned 15 um, I, I really had enough and so I left I, I packed up my bags and my backpack and I had all of seven dollars in my pocket and hitchhiked from southern Ontario to Alberta and never never went home 
Wow. That's an amazingly sad story. I mean, it's, and, but the thing is, I can totally hear how your dad at the time probably just thought that he was being playful or, you know, that's how guys play. And, you know, we don't think that you're, you could be crushing a little spirit that you're supposed to be raising and, you know, and highlighting. So, my gosh, that's so sad. Well, that was one of the things that really troubled me as a kid too. And, and, you know, I really did everything I could to to not be there. So I was always out and about with, with friends. Wow. When we come back, we're going to talk about what inspired you to study happiness when we come back from this break. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you, hold your hand as they point the way, and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. 
Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. We are being joined today by Patrick McMillan, who is the author of An Exercise in Happiness for Kids, which is totally right up my alley. It's, you know, like everything that I speak to and, and live for. You know, we all are born with a purpose in life. Some of us don't believe that. It's You don't have to believe it. I know it. <laughs> so it's good enough for me. Um, but here's the thing. We usually traditionally wait until we're grown to find out what that purpose is. What we do is we go through life as children being told what to do, when to stop dreaming, when to stop um, using our imagination, when to stop following our, our passion and get grounded in reality. And then usually sometime in our late 20s, early 30s, we start to get this nagging that we aren't doing what we're meant to do. So we seek therapy and we seek counseling and we do all this stuff to take us back to our childhood to find out what our purpose was from the beginning. So me, a long time ago, I went on a quest to find out what my purpose was Then I got into a a kind of a fight with my kids, and I realized that the reason we were battling all the time was because I wasn't allowing them to shine in their unique brilliance. I wasn't allowing them to find their purpose. So I came up with this whole life coaching for kids thing and kind of used what I was doing to help kids find their purpose and live the life of their dreams. Patrick is doing the same thing. He was doing the same thing at the same time on the other side of the world. Not really, but, you know, far, far away (laughs) in another country. And I believe that there are lots of people like Patrick and I out there who want to help you as parents to help your kids to be happier and live the life of their dreams. And so when I saw Patrick's book, I was totally in alignment with what he was saying and what he was doing and where he was coming from. And I really, really hope guys that are listening, parent nation, listen to me. It's not a bad thing to let your children live the life of their dreams. It's not a bad thing to let your children make mistakes. It's not a bad thing to seek counseling or coaching to help you do it. If you don't know where to start. It's not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. You would get coaching for anything else in your life. If you wanted your kids to learn how to play the piano or if you wanted your kids to be better at sports, you would get a coach. You would get a trainer and you would feel good about it. You would brag about it. You would tell everybody under the sun about it. But with parenting, we don't do it because there's a stigma tied to it. Well, guess what? You're going to save your kids a hell of a lot of couch money if you just start doing it today. It's okay. I'm giving you permission because I love you. So, Patrick, when did you decide that you wanted to go on your happiness quest? Well, you know, again, I told you I I, I always had this thing about I was always a happy kid and I knew I deserved to be happy. And and I lived pretty much most of my adult life uh, a happy, a happy person. And. But I'd always had this feeling, um, I, I don't want to become a dad. I don't want to become a dad because I, I'm, when I discovered that my father was, in fact, repeating a, a cycle, um, I found out that he was kicked out of his house when he was 13 years old. He was very, very abused by his stepfather. Um, and it seemed as though he was subconsciously repeating the cycle. Then I learned about this, something called transgenerational pattern which is exactly that, how it kind of subconsciously repeats itself generation after generation. And so it, it, it 
was hurting. It instilled this deep fear. I didn't want to get married. So um, I, I moved to the United States, and uh, I, needed to, I needed to get married for my green card. And I, that's what, exactly what I did. I had no intention of, of, uh, of hanging on to the marriage, but we ended up getting married and then falling in love and having kids. So prior, about two years prior to having kids, I knew I was inevitably going to be facing my, my deepest fear. I knew I had to do something about it. Um, so I was. I reached out to every self-help thing I could find, the law of attraction, and just everything. And I have a bit of more of a scientific type mind, and this, the woo-woo stuff was great, and I, I connected with it. But I really needed some scientific evidence to, to back it up. And then I discovered positive psychology and the real science of emotional well-being. And 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 it bridged this gap between between the the, the self-help, the more per, personal development stuff, and the science validated it. And I, I just oh, I exploded. It was wonderful. And I really started to apply it in my life. And I knew that one of the biggest things I needed to do was to forgive my father. Uh. That was the biggest, the biggest thing I needed to do. Um, on, and now, on a, uh, interestingly enough, on a law of attraction standpoint, one of the things I, I, I came to this realization is that I had been focusing all of my thought and emotional attention on what I didn't want. I was focused on not wanting to be my dad. Yeah. And when I finally realized that and completely altered my way of thinking and took my dad right out of the picture and decided to focus my thoughts and emotional attention on what I actually want, which was to be the best dad I know I can be. And about a, when my son was born, now my wife knew my relationship with my dad. She knew of my fear. And she was very apprehensive to even tell me she was pregnant. But when she did, I was overcome with this feeling of joy that I had never, ever anticipated feeling. Um, <laughs> it, it was, and she was shocked. She was kind of like, wait, what? Are you, what? She couldn't believe how I, I started crying. I couldn't wait to be a dad now. It's just amazing. A year and a half later, now I had, <laughs> a year and a half later, uh, she asked if I would be the stay-at-home dad. And <laughs> Oh, wow, that was brave. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. And, but, but my instantaneous reaction was absolutely. And so, you know, certainly looking back, if, if I had been told, you know what, your destiny is to be a stay-at-home parent, uh, a very loving and dedicated father, and all, I would have just, yeah, no, that's not me. And so I remained in that role for almost eight years, uh, 24-7 stay-at-home dad. And it changed my life. It did completely change my life. And um, it was kind of like, and then I started looking into it. I was like, you know what? I found my passion and purpose by, by facing my deepest fear. Wow. My, 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 my passion and purpose was actually massive in, in what, I, what I thought was the greatest adversity of my life. But it turned out being um, something that 
but not only altered and stopped the cycle, altered it, it altered generations. Because now I, you know, I have two, I have two boys, and the feeling of having broken a cycle is is especially when it comes to my children and, and their future is just it's dynamic. It's, it's amazing. That is completely amazing. I love that you focused on or that you realized the science behind it. I mean, how many dads can resonate with that? I think it's a lot easier for women to embrace Mm woo-woo than men, obviously. Um, So the fact that you discovered the science behind it and then realized that it's all the same, it's just how we present it, and, you know, what you focus on grows. So... You know, how awesome for you to be able to forgive your dad. You know, that was that, that was that was the key, uh, the, the key thing. No question. No question. The key activity. Uh, it's interesting that, uh, you know, I followed, followed Tony Robbins for a long, long time. And one of the things that I learned from, from Tony was uh, there are really three major choices that we get to make that alter our life, mm-hmm. alter our life entirely. And the first one is we get to choose what we think and focus our thought and attention on. Yep. The second is we get to choose what meaning we attach to the events that occur in our life. And the third is we get to choose what action to take, what to do. and. Just knowing that I have control of all three of those, and all three of them are life-altering, I needed to get this information to my kids. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> right. that was my goal. Um, in when my son was in third grade, well, just before he was in third, he was in, actually in second grade. When I started searching for something that I could do at home because I'm at home with my two boys and I'm looking for something I can do at home with them that can kind of instill this way of thinking, this this knowledge, you know, at a very young age. This is something I, I just wanted to experiment with my own kids. So They're great guinea pigs, yeah. Aren't they though? <laughs> and, <laughs> but what they've done for me too, too, and it has been in my growth and, and everything has been Remarkable. They're an amazing source of what I call emotional oxygen. They're just, oh, they're, an emo- they're amazing. But so anyway, I, I couldn't find anything that I could actually do at home with them rather than just read a book and hopefully it spill over into my kids. I wanted to some, something that I, we could actually do together. So I put together this little workbook mm-hmm. uh, that ultimately became an exercise in happiness. But what it was, was it, it was just... Uh, like a, I, I, you know, reading. I would read these little lessons for them, and then we do these activities, these kind of written activities, like uh, you know, goal setting and gratitude journaling, and, and um, you know, kind of character recognition, little exercises and things. Uh, things That's that, awesome. Things that I took right from positive psychology, and and when my son was in third grade, my oldest son. Oh, we're gonna have to finish this story okay. when we come back from the break, Patrick. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. 
We'll be right back. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you. Hold your hand as they point the way and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo! Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children, in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, welcome back to the show. We are being joined by our Dad Day guest, Patrick McMillan, who is the creator and author of the uh, An Exercise in Happiness for Kids and the uh, the Science of Happiness. I want to call it a project, but I guess it's more of a mindset, right, Patrick? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It is a mindset, and it's, um, you know, our mindset becomes habitual. Uh, it's very interesting, too, that you say mindset, because there's a wonderful book. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Carol Dweck, Dr. Carol Dweck. She wrote a book called Mindset, and it's just an amazing book. Um, but uh, it, it is. It's completely about mindset and how we think it all comes down, to, really, in my opinion, it all comes down to uh, emotional literacy, emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that amazing book by Daniel Goleman in 1995, it really uh, 
really put out there that you know that is really the foundation of everything. It's emotional literacy, and and, and I, when I read that book years ago, um, how he described that there's a window of opportunity to instill that emotional literacy in our kids and toward late adolescence, towards that period of time when the frontal lobe is, is completely developed, that window starts to close. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I started to think to myself, you know, I started to look into that whole thing about personal growth and self-help and, and the, the explosion of life coaching and all that. Why is that all happening? And, and it's all directed at adults. Why is that? I mean, it, be, it was what years ago when I looked, it was a $10 billion a year industry just in America, uh, the self-help industry. And I, and, and I thought, I wondered, if is that because the window closed? for so many adults that they're now scrambling to try to open that door again. Um, and it, you know, for some people, I believe that, that it, it welds itself shut. It, you know, it's hard. It becomes yeah. so hard to open that door again. So I became extremely passionate about getting this information to my own children. Book actually happened by accident. Not by accident. Everything happens for a reason, but it just, how it evolved. Um, It evolved from simply doing these exercises at home with my kids. And the the experience of of that started to show itself at at school, and I got a call from his teacher uh, when he was in third grade. He had been bullied uh, by this boy in his class, and she called me not just to tell me about that, but to tell me how he reacted to being bullied was something that she had never seen before, and she asked me what I'm teaching him. And so I, I told her what I was, what I was, what I'd been doing, and she said, well, "Could could you do this for my whole class?" And I thought, "Sure, I'd be happy to," you know. And then I got a call from the principal, and she said, "Could you put something together for the whole school?" And then another principal from another elementary school called me and asked me to do it there. And I was like, you know what? I, the light went off. This is not just something for my kids. This is something for every kid. And uh, so then that's how the book was born. That's so amazing. <laughs> and, you know, the thing that's so funny to me is in the beginning of your what you were just saying there, you were talking about how um, emotional intelligence, you know, we they, they say that we have this window of opportunity where we're primed. Our brain is primed for this kind of information download and, and absorption, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing that as parents today, Studies showed that if we want our children to learn a second language or a musical instrument, we have to start teaching them by the time they're four years old, right? So everybody's like, you know, put a violin in their hands when they're two, you know, just do whatever you got to do. Just make sure that your children learn that second language and learn that musical instrument because that's going to take them so far in life. But when somebody says to a parent, your child has until they're eight, nine years old to really start getting the the benefits of emotional intelligence, to really start learning emotional intelligence. We as parents go, that's bullshit. <laughs> I don't care. 
I don't care about emotional intelligence. That sounds warm and fuzzy and foo-foo to me. I'm not going to pay attention to it. But you know what? I believe, and I, I would wager to bet that you're on the same page with me here, I believe that teaching children emotional intelligence or emotional literacy, as you so brilliantly just put it, should be as common in a core classroom as literature, math, social studies, and science. No question about it. And that's where I give huge kudos to... Uh to George Lucas for developing um, edutopia.org because that's what it's all about. In fact, uh, the acronym is SEL, Social and Emotional Learning. And um, that's kind of what my book was characterized as um, when, when, it was, when it's being used at schools as, as a social and emotional learning tool. <laughs> Excuse me, because, uh, and, and that's what George Lucas has been focused on for a long, long time with Edutopia. Is, is exactly that, that this needs to be something that is mandatory. And in fact, when you, this, I don't know if you follow the same belief here too, but because this kind of, this book was really developed out of, a, out of an incidence of bullying, mm-hmm. um, it made me look at the whole thing of bullying in a completely different light. And, oh, that was, and that was that, you know what? We're seeing more and more of it because we're focused all of our attention on it. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Right? Let's give it a name and call it out everywhere we think we spot it. Whether it's yeah. no bullying or keep exactly. on bullying, it's all about bullying. So how yep. can you not see more of it? One hundred percent. You know, it's like that punch buggy game. Do you ever play that punch buggy game yes. when you're in a car? Yep. You drive around right now. You think there's nobody drives Volkswagen Beetles anymore. <laughs> yeah, start playing the punch buggy game in your car. You're going to see thousands of them because it's what you're focused on. I have two boys, and trust me, I get bruises all the time from playing that. Game. <laughs> I'm like, uh, no more hitting in this game. This game you know cannot what? include hitting. <laughs> right, right. You know, but it, that's exactly it. We we focus so much, and you know, when it comes to uh, again, that um, emotional fitness too. I mean, I, it's also termed emotional fitness. Tony Robbins uses that term. Um, it's it's almost like, you know, when as parents we are very cons- you know we concerned about uh, our kids' physical health and mm-hmm. making sure they're eating right, and making sure you know intel and about their intellectual health. But so little attention is placed upon their emotional health when that, in fact, is the basis of everything. Because if you know, if you've got a kid who's emotionally stable, that kid is more likely to certainly not get into questionable behavior, probably be much better in school, you know, be far more grounded uh, uh, emotionally. And, and I can see that, I mean, just in my own personal life, let alone the kids I've coached, I, I can just see it in my own personal life. Having gone through a divorce five years ago, my kids, in fact, my oldest boy, uh, who just turned 15, when he was 14, told me about, he was telling me about some kids at school and, you know, some of some of his close friends and parents are like, really tough divorce and really bummed out about it. And he said, Dad, and, and I'll tell you, you know, the divorce between you and mom it didn't do anything it didn't do anything to him like emotionally they're happy they're because again you talk about the, the power of, of uh, forgiveness and gratitude 
Mm -hmm. I mean, those are those are you know the first things you learn about in, in the emotional guidance system and, and all that. And, but they're also the biggest things in the science of happiness too. If you learn to forgive, if you learn to be grateful, um, that's a thing about parenting. My my mantra is: we need to be who we want to see in our kids. And, Absolutely. And you know that's that's the basic. That's probably the number one thing I could I could say to parents is. To you know, it, it, it kind of takes from the Gandhi quote: "Be who you want to see in the world." It's be who you want to see in your kids. If you want your kids to grow up to be um, compassionate, loving, and caring, well, you need to be compassionate, loving, and caring. You want them to be more grateful to you, then be more grateful to them. You know, it, it, it goes both ways. They will be who you are, and and I've seen that. Uh, crystal clear it's wonderful absolutely wonderful I think one of the big things that I struggle with in in the parents that I work with is um they a lot of them are hearing that message patrick and then they're turning it around and forgetting that their children aren't adults so you know on i'm saying to them in the beginning um, and eventually they do get it, and when they do, it's just, it's absolutely brilliant. We're not saying that your children have to be little adults or mini-me's. Right. What we're saying is, if you don't want your child to swear, then don't swear in front of your child. If you don't want your child to lie, then don't lie to your child or ask them to make up little white lies or witness you lying. You know, it's it's a matter of being a person of integrity and standing in your own truth and then allowing your child to see what that looks like when they stand in their own integrity and their own truth. Wow. So, you know, it's not it's not a matter of saying, you know, that's common sense because I get a lot of that too. That's just common sense. What's wrong with you? Why would you do something like that? It, you know, it's not about them knowing the things that an adult knows. It's about them being a decent human being, following the model of a decent human being. That, that, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. And over the years, I've asked parents so many times, as it was a question I asked myself when I became a dad, what do yeah. I do for my children? And right. like, you, know, you ask any parent to list the top five things that they want for their children, and I guarantee you the word happy or happiness will come into that. It will be one of the five, if not the number one. Exactly. All, all the time. So, all the time. When it comes down to that, it, when it comes down to you want to see your children happy, well, let's carry that on later. <laughs> Exactly. We're going to talk about your emotional oxygen mask when we come Yay. back from this break. Yay! <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? 
Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you. Hold your hand as they point the way and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children, in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, everybody, we are coming into our final segment. Can you believe that? I feel like I've been talking to myself the whole show. (laughs) (laughs) And I could talk to myself for hours. You should see me on road trips. People are like, aren't you bored when you drive like four hours? I'm like, no, I have a lot to talk to myself about in four hours. I'd take my voice recorder. But anyway, Patrick, this has been such an awesome show, but I want to make sure that people who are listening, because there are millions of them, um, I want to make sure that they know how to get a hold of you, check out your website, buy your book, all that great stuff. So tell us how we can find Patrick McMillan. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Um, uh, email, first of all, I'll, I'll give you that, is patrick at teachinghappiness.com. Um, that is also my website, teachinghappiness.com. Um, I have a, a free book to download there. You can hear it. Uh, email and uh, your first name and download a book that I uh, an ebook that I wrote called The Science of Happy Kids and Joyful Parenting which really covers a lot about what we talked about today um, and uh, yeah that's that's the best way to, to, to get a hold of me is certainly through email or through my website there's a contact thing on my website as well teachinghappiness.com uh-huh. I like it and we're friends on Facebook right I believe we are so I I, find it too, I think woohoo! See? I, I liked your page anyway. I'll, I'll certainly go and find you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there's there's quite a community there. I think you're going to enjoy participating in the conversations. We have a lot of fun. Yay. You know, I think the thing that's so fun about what we do is we don't try to tell you what you're doing wrong. We try to highlight what you're doing right. 
and then focus on that. Imagine, focus on more of what we want, right? Yeah. It it comes down to that quote. Like I I quote uh, Maharishi Mahesh, who founded Transcendental Meditation. His quote is, don't fight the darkness. Bring in the light and the darkness will fade. It, you know, it's what you focus your thoughts on, it, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes and, that light starts out as a lighter, you know? Yep, and then yep. eventually it turns into like one of those stadium lights. And, and that's when you're in total bliss. But you just got to, f- sometimes you just got to flick your back and get it started. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you do. And the more you flick your back, the brighter it gets, and the easier it becomes. And, automat- and then after a while, like everything, it, it all becomes habitual. And even with kids, when we direct them in the, when they're young of how to flick their, their own little bit, you know, and bring in the light and, and they start to do it, it becomes a habit for them. And they can, they, they start to learn that they can overcome the, the crap in their life. You know, my, my, my youngest, <laughs> my youngest, he's turning 12 next month. Uh, he coined the phrase from crappy to happy. Oh, I and like I, it. I loved it from my 12-year-old. He died. He taught me how to go from crappy to happy. It's just great, you know? That's pretty awesome. My kids just want to suck less. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so happy that I said that on the air. Oh, I know. I don't love him for it. <laughs> but you know what? You have those days, don't you, Patrick? You do. No question. Those days <laughs> where, you know, your only goal is to just suck less than you do right now. Oh. And then... And then Flick your bick. <laughs> Flick your bick. Yeah, I love it. I love that. You know? And and yeah, that's that's exactly it. And there and when we learn to flick our bick, our kids see it. You know, when you were talking earlier about um, you know, letting your kids uh really live into their own brilliance and their and, and discover their passion and their purpose. Well, it's you know, again it comes down to be who we want to see in our kids. If they can see us doing it, if they can see us living into our purpose and discovering our purpose, they're going to learn to do the same, you Absolutely. know, model it. And, you know, and on those days where you feel like you're being really crappy to, you know, to your son's point yeah. on those days where you feel like you're being really crappy, be the person that your kid sees you as. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. That's it too. And when it comes down to emotion coaching or coaching your kids or, anybody about emotion, um, you have to acknowledge your own too. And that doesn't mean, you know, denying them. You have, you, you know, we, we have to feel all the emotions that we feel, mm-hmm. but, you know, learning a little bit about our, emo- not a little bit, learning about how our emotion system works and why we have it enables us to be in more control of it. It's mm-hmm. just like it's just like anything. Anything you learn about it, you learn how it works. You learn to control it better. Same holds true with emotions. You know, it's a, it's the same thing. It's like, it's so true. You know what's really funny about what you just said? I deal with a lot of dads because I don't think, like I said earlier, I don't think dads get enough involvement and credit in parenting. I really don't. Like for some reason, society has created parenting to be a be women's work, and I I find that to be obscene. But um, what a lot of dads believe when I first start working with them is that if they allow their children. To, to live into their dreams and their purpose, that they're giving up control. And what I have to remind them of is, you know what? You're in control of everything. 
whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, you're in control of it. So if you decide that you are giving up control, then you're in control of that. And that's like a mind fake. Guys go like, what are you talking about? Until they get it. It's your decision if you're going to be in control of your child living in their dreams or if you're going to be in control of your child being subjected to what you want for them. You're in control of either decision. I absolutely agree with you. I had the uh, opportunity to interview uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton, who wrote The Biology of Belief. And um, as parents, we are in control of more than we actually know. We, are, we actually ch- have the opportunity to alter the genetic makeup of our children. Mm. Talk about ultimate control. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, as parents, um, we again, like even in my situation, I mean, it almost became a, uh, like that transgenerational pattern thing. It almost becomes a genetic thing. I mean, subconsciously anyway. Um, and uh, you can change it. You can change it by, uh, by looking at who you are as a, as a person being mm. you want to see in your kids, you know? I mean, again, uh, you know, I've mentioned emotional oxygen. That's what I wanted to talk about. Just briefly. Yeah, your oxygen mask. Well, you know what? That that term actually um, and that concept really came when I when I started studying the work of uh, Christine Carter from Berkeley. She's a social scientist. All about kids and stuff. And the way she described it was, you know, when you're flying on an airplane, with a child and the and they direct you when an oxygen mask falls down, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to put your oxygen mask on first if you're traveling with a child because if you become disoriented, there's no way you can help the child. And the yep. same holds true with emotional oxygen. If you are depleted of emotional oxygen and you can't control your own emotion when things go on around you, uh, neither will your kids. Yeah. Well, your kids. So it's like you got to, and and your children are like I, I said before. My kids have been just a tremendous source of emotional oxygen for me. All I need to do is look at them and think about them, about, and think about how grateful I am to be their dad, and everything changes. Any funk that I've been in changes. And you know, though, Patrick, I have to admit that that would be a total mind shift for a lot of parents. Yep. Totally. Like, so many parents look at their kids and go, everything I have to do for you again today, instead of going, oh my, yep, yep. absolutely. You know, you entitled little brats, blah, 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 look at all I do for you. And we take on this martyrdom Mm -hmm. and this victim mentality around parenting instead of looking at it like a gift, like, oh my gosh, look at what I get to do with you today. Can you believe this? I get another day of experiencing life through the eyes of a child. And it, and we all know how fast it goes by. Yeah. So take advantage of it while you can, because it, it, sooner or later it's not going to come to, it comes fast, and they're going to be out living their own little life. And you'll be placed on the back burner. So take it, suck as much oxygen out of them as you can. <laughs> And, you know, one of the big things that I uh, said earlier on the show in the in the beginning rant was find that process that fills you up so that you can respond instead of react. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Well, and that's another thing. I mean, I told you I've I've 
Red, you know, Jack Canfield and Tony Robbins and everybody for years. And one of the things that stands out for me from Jack Canfield is uh, E plus R equals O. The event plus your reaction to it equals the outcome. Exactly. And even even when you're talking about, you know, you're, uh, I remember you saying something about being in your kids, uh, re you know, doing something in the grocery store and, you know, being a real pain in the ass in the grocery store. Just think to yourself, E plus R equals O. Well, your child reacting that way is the event, and how you react to it is gonna is really gonna determine the outcome. Exactly. You know? And take control. Take control. Stop being a victim. Be in control. Yep. And being in control doesn't always mean screaming and yelling and stomping right. your feet until they stop doing what's making you angry. Right. You know. It'll tend to persist it, and, and it doesn't. You know. So, yeah. I can tell a fart joke and stop any bad mood in its tracks. Brilliant. (laughs) But I'm a boy mom, so that's one of the gifts that I have. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And, you know, even with with little ones, when my kids were little, I am younger, I got 12 and 15, so, um, but when they were younger, um, having the sibling thing going on, one of the tools that I used was gratitude and it worked perfectly when my boys were in a, a big squabble with each other I would kind of set them apart and I do that emotion coaching look I know I can understand I think it makes sense that you feel the way you do but you know what if you really want to change it I think I have a way to help you and you know they'd be a little pissed off but I'd say okay can you think of three reasons you're grateful to have a brother Ugh. And I'll tell you, before they get to even the third thing, they've forgotten what they were pissed off about in the first place. Absolutely. And you know what, Patrick? That works with your boss, your coworkers, your spouse, your girlfriends. That is something, that is one of my favorite, favorite things to do because it's really, really hard to be mad at someone who's telling you the things that they love, admire, or respect about you. Exactly. So I absolutely love that. Can you believe that our time is up? But I think we've oh. given our listeners so much valuable information. Yeah. And I, I think that we've got some more shows to do together, to be quite honest with you, because the this is pretty awesome. So I appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much. And listeners, join us on Facebook, join in the conversation and join us next week when my guest is going to be Peter Shankman, the founder of Harrow. Have an awesome week and keep playing. Make these stop raising Einstein principles your own. Love unconditionally, give freely, laugh openly, learn daily, grow immensely. And of course, listen to the 